Have you ever found yourself wondering if there is more to life than your current circumstance? Perhaps you're stuck in a rut of mundane, unsure of where you belong. Maybe you feel bound by chains of poor decision making, feeling lost, but brave enough to consider, what if there's more to life than this? Hi, I'm Cindy Linton and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people gathering together in normal Illinois. People who have found the answer to this question is a yes and are committed to joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. So last week, uh, Jessica got up here and she started a series. She preached a fantastic job. Give her a hand. Get used to hearing her voice, and, and I appreciate where her husband, where Ryan, started this out this morning, because that's that's the exact vein that I'm going to go in. It's not just about knowing God; it's not just about having that, but it's about following after Him. It's about that lifestyle of thanksgiving. It's about leaning leaning in when it feels comfortable to lean away. It's about following the message. Not the, I'm not going to preach from the Message Bible, but it's about being being in the message of sacrifice. That's right. Sacrifice of a lifestyle. Paul talks about it in Romans 12 and 1, and we'll get there. I don't want to get to the end of my message before I start with the beginning. You ever done that? You ever got to the end of what you wanted to say before you started? But Paul talks about living a lifestyle, a lifestyle for Jesus Christ. And that, and I want to, I want to get into that. But last week, Jessica started us on a series called Ingredients of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not just a day on a calendar even though we relegated it to days. You know, I was, I was reading this week just about days in general. Um, days used to be special, like anniversaries used to be special between a husband and a wife. Grab my hand, that'd be a little so sweet. <laughs> and, anniversaries used to be so special that you didn't have to get them on a calendar. But as you get older, what do you got to do? You got to put it on a calendar so you don't forget about them, right? Yeah. Right, honey? You got to get it on that calendar. Don't ask me when ours is right now. I've got other thoughts going on. <laughs> but that's the same thing that happened. We as Christians used to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. But then it got relegated to a day on a calendar. It got relegated to an event that honestly has been taken over by the holiday shopping market. It's become nothing more than any other holiday like a birthday or Christmas even to some point. It's just a hallmark holiday where we have to do this, 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 and this, and we have to check the box. And while you're checking the box, don't forget this Thursday, we're all going to get together and have a Thanksgiving meal at our small group at our house. Now here's, what's, here's what I want you to understand about this. This is not just for us. Here's, here's what's hard about holidays. There are people that are alone at holidays. As a body of Christ, there should be nobody in our sphere that is alone. We should never say, well, should I invite them or should I not? It should always be a, what would Jesus do, right? That's a bumper sticker now, and you can't just go by that. But what he would do is he would invite them or he would go be with them. So if you know somebody that's not doing anything on Thursday night, invite them. Invite them. We're not going to sacrifice any animals that night. We're going to eat a turkey. We're going to eat some ham. I mean, they've already been sacrificed and cured. and We're just going to eat them and, and have some fellowship. And, and we're just going to laugh. And we're just going to love one another. But I believe that's what the body is called to do. The body is called to love 
one another. So getting getting back to, to where we are, Thanksgiving has been relegated to a calendar, uh, just a moment on the calendar, but it should be for a Christian, somebody who calls themselves a Christian, a lifestyle. I've got a button problem right now. <laughs> Sorry. For it to be a lifestyle, there are ingredients, attributes, that a person must have truly put on display a life of thanksgiving. See, we have a life of thanksgiving, but we don't often display a life of thanksgiving. It used to be back in the day where you would walk to a, by a big mall, and they had mannequins, and they would set up a display of what they wanted you to purchase. Anybody old enough to remember what that was like? They would put it in a magazine, and it would be the new trend or the new fashion. Can I tell you, as Christians, we've stopped displaying Christ? We put him. In, we know we have him in our hearts, but we've stopped displaying him because this world has said we don't want to hear it, or this world has gone a different direction. But in order to be thankful and have thanksgiving and be true essence of what thanksgiving is, we must display it. We must display it, no matter our circumstance, Lord. You're good. That's right. No matter our situation, That's Lord, right. we want to display thanksgiving every day. And for that lifestyle and those ingredients, we need to. First, have praise. And last week, she preached on praise. Praise being the first ingredients. You see, if we don't have praise, we can't truly display Thanksgiving. I can wear clothes, and often I do. That's, you should thank the Lord for that. <laughs> that went somewhere I wasn't expecting it to go. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be an interesting sermon. Just strap on and hold on. We'll try to get somewhere. <clears throat> but if I have, if I'm a fan of a team. I wear those team colors, don't I? Yeah. I display my fandom. Right. Praise is a display of my king. That's good. Praise is a display. I don't quietly root for my team. Have you ever heard anybody quietly rooting for a team? You don't quietly root for a team. You put on their colors. Maybe you paint your face. You do whatever it is to display that team. Why is it as Christians we've stopped displaying Christ? We have relegated praise to a... Can we take a moment of silence? Or we've relegated it to a still, small voice. That's not what God called us. God called me to be a fanatic for Him. Yeah. He called me to be committed to Him. He called me to be sold out. And that happens in praise. That's why it's the first Thanksgiving. I can, it's, it's why it's the first ingredient. Because I cannot truly display Thanksgiving for a God who died on the cross. Right. When I was a sinner, far from where I was supposed right. to be. He reached down in the muck and the mire and he saved me. And he Thank pulled me God. out Thank to give me a life destined in heaven with him. And he saved me for it. I can never be thankful enough. But I can't show that and I can't have Thanksgiving unless I display that that that. Praise, the key word being display. Thanksgiving is an acknowledgement that we have received something. Anybody in here testify that they've received something from God? I've, I've received a lot of things from God. I, I can't even tell it all. The Bible isn't just an ending. The Bible is a guide, but our lives are Bible scriptures that lead of God's testimony. The Bible says that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony because we have received and we are displaying that back. But it's an acknowledgement when we praise that we've received something. It's the proper expression of someone who has received something. For a believer, for a Christian, for a disciple of Christ, we have, we have and are constantly receiving from Jesus. Amen? Amen? We're here today because we have received from Jesus. Amen? Yes. There's a world out there that might seem dark at times, but there's a world that's still receiving. God is still pouring out His Spirit in yes. this hour. God is still pouring out Himself 
in this day. So a thankful heart should not should be easy. It should be easy to bubble over. Right. You know any of those stubborn people out there? Mm-hmm. You're all looking at me like I'm one of them. <laughs> stubborn people. And a lot of good happens, and it takes a while for anything to come out. You know, somebody that's just good, good, good keeps happening to them, and they just still are staunch and stoic and mm, just going to go through and just get it over with. Or stuff that's bad, and it's just bad, 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 and they still they still just, no, you, you get nothing out of them. They're like a stone, almost. Well, can I tell you when we're thankful and we have the ingredients of Thanksgiving, it doesn't take much for the Lord to bubble up. Right. You, you know somebody like that? That, that just the little bit is the thing that it just bubbles up. It's like those rivers of living water that Christ talks about in the, in the New Testament. It's like those rivers of living water. When we have all of the ingredients of thanksgiving in our heart, it doesn't take long for them to be activated. I don't have to do something real nice for Ashley when she's got the ingredients of thankfulness. Matter of fact, it just could be a smile. It could be a nod, whatever it is. And that, that thankfulness will just, oh, thank you so much. You ever met somebody that almost thanked you too much? You know what I'm talking about? That that's a life of Christ. They have a life of Christ. They're not thanking you too much. They're just expressing the gratitude and the joy of not just what you did, of what their heavenly Father did. And I believe that as Christians, that's what we should display. Somebody does something. Somebody you see something. It shouldn't take much for us to build up the excitement in our lives. Psalms 106 was a scripture that Jessica read last week in verse one in the New Living Translation. It says, "Praise the Lord." Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. I love that scripture, because you know how it ends? Forever. How long? Will it be there tomorrow? Forever. Will it be there next week? Forever. There is not a time where we should stop expressing our praise and thanksgiving for what God has done. Psalms 104, she also read this last week. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise is an ingredient and we and when it's activated it will display thanksgiving. David in Psalms 139:14 says, "Thanks God for making him so wonderfully complex." Anybody in here wonderfully complex? Now, I'm not going to step in it too far, but there are females in here. And according to the male species, you are wonderfully complex. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Come on, babe. (laughs) Psalms 139 and 14 says this. It's what David wrote. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We joke as men about how complex women are, but that's how God made you. That's right. Women joke about how whatever men are, <laughs> but that's how God made us. That's true. Amen. He made us so wonderfully complex. It finishes, your, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. David knew himself, so he knew God's creation. He knew what God created in him and how wonderfully he made it. And when we talk about ingredients, it goes into make who we are. Don't shy away from who you are. Right. Don't not be you. That's right. Because if you're not you, nobody else is going to be you. Yeah. And then there's a missing piece. That's right. There's a missing piece in the kingdom because I'm trying to be somebody else. And here David is talking about how wonderfully complex he was and, and the workmanship is marvelous. And when I'm not thankful for what I am, I might have a shorter arm than the other arm. I should be thankful for it. That's 
I know we immediately go for flaws. I know when you're growing up, you might get a pimple or you might get this or that. And, and you don't want to be thankful for it, but that's the way God made you. As we get older and our hair gets a little grayer, guess what? That's the way God made us. And we should be thankful for the complexity that this body can go through changes. And yet we still get to breathe the breath. Right. That he and we still get the opportunity to Thank be in his Lord. presence you, and it might not always be wonderful but it's the way God intended for it to be right. and when I understand the intention then I can receive it yeah. then I can receive all of it the good, the bad and the ugly and thankfulness just wants to bubble over and it comes out in the form of praise it's, it, it, it's that anyone here this morning can stand is there anyone here this morning that can stand with David and thank God for making us so yes, wonderfully amen. complex. Amen. I mean, you look in the mirror in the morning and like, God, how did you get all this together? It's because we're so complex. But it's the way he made it. Stop questioning the way he made you. And just live a life of thanksgiving. Live a life of praise. When you start to think I'm so messed up and I'm so uncertain, just go, thank you, Lord. With, with an outward expression, a display of praise. Thank you, Lord. And I guarantee it will have a different effect on you. You won't look at yourself so weird and complex you'll look at yourself and go this is the way god made me and if god made me this way i'm gonna that's march right. every day right. in yeah. this way that's right. i'm gonna march every day in the right. fullness of his spirit i'm not gonna laugh because there's somebody out there that needs me to be this way yes. and that's the way god made us jessica told us last week about the ingredients of a cake that's why she started last week i'm not a baker you don't want to make a cake. <laughs> cake I made. But the instructions or the recipe for a cake or whatever you're make, making, they were given to you by the original baker's desired results. You get that, right? This recipe is not just something that you're supposed to follow and, and do this and add a dash when it says add a this or, or that. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody made the recipe. The original intent of the recipe was supposed to be for a silk cake. Now, when I make it, she talked about biscuits. That's what it turns out to be. It's a dense biscuit. That's not, there's nothing silky about it. Why? Because I didn't follow the recipe. It's the complexity of ingredients that I'm talking about. God's intention for us was to have all the ingredients of his word. God's intention for us to have thanksgiving is that we would have praise, that we would have sacrifice, which yeah. I'm going to preach on today, that we wouldn't be worried about our circumstances. And that's, that all needs to go into the cake. You change something or you forget something and we don't get the desired results. How many of you believe God specifically put you here for a purpose and a reason? Yes. I believe it. Yes. I believe it. And you might not know that reason until you're towards the end of your life like Abraham. Maybe Abraham it didn't start until the very end. It could be the very beginning, but at some point along the life, God has a plan and God has a purpose. And if we change the ingredient, we change the outcome of the cake. We change the outcome of the results, and that's why we're talking about ingredients for Thanksgiving, because it's not supposed to be just once a year. It's supposed to be daily. And as the church is daily thankful, guess what? The world around us will begin to look different. Right. It'll right. still be dark, but it'll look different. I won't care if it's dark, because yeah. I'm going to be thankful in it right. anyway. I'm going to be thankful no matter what, I was go what I'm going through. God is calling us as the church to display true Thanksgiving, and to do that, we need the ingredients. We first need the ingredient of praise, but we also need the ingredient of sacrifice, which is what I'm going to preach on this morning. Webster defines sacrifice as an act of offering to God something precious. Anybody got anything precious? You do? You remember in the scripture, Abraham, and he took his son, 
And he was going to offer that precious sacrifice. I'm not talking about that today. I'm not, I'm not getting into the physical sacrifice. I'm talking about us. It's real easy to talk about the Scriptures. It's real easy to talk about what they did in the Scripture. And we'll use Scripture to point us to where we're supposed to be. But what I want to do is I want to talk about us. What's the precious thing in your life that you've sacrificed? What are the precious things in your life that you're sacrificing? And I just want to put a caveat out there. A lot of times when we talk about sacrifice, it immediately goes to offering. Because offering and sacrifice go hand in hand. I'm not talking about that today. I'm not getting in your pocketbook. That's between you and the Lord. I'm not asking for an offering. I'm not talking about an offering. What I'm talking about is something precious to the individual. Something precious to the person. Money is easy. Can I just tell you that? It's easy. It's an easy cop-out to just give. And we should give because it all belongs to God. But what I'm talking about is a life. A life commitment to Jesus Christ. A life of sacrifice on a daily basis. It's different than giving. Oh, you're saying, well, how are you a pastor and you're telling people not to give? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is before you can ever get to the giving, there's got to be a sacrifice of life. There's got to be a sacrifice of lifestyle. Because if there's not a sacrifice in the lifestyle, when you go to give, you're going to give grudgingly. And God says, always be a cheerful giver. Right. You follow what I'm saying this yeah. morning? So, so let's get our mind when I'm talking about sacrifice out, out of the money. Because I'm not here for it today. What I'm here for is the heart. Right. What I'm here for is the soul. What I'm here for is the mind. What I'm here for is an ingredient of thanksgiving that's going to be pressed into us every day. And every day there needs to be a sacrifice. The Bible says I die daily. Paul talked about dying daily. What was he dying for? His flesh. Every day there had to be something in our flesh sacrificed. Can I tell you, when I look at myself, I'm not sacrificing much. <laughs> Definitely not the cookies and the donuts. My flesh is just consuming, consuming, consuming. And God is saying, there's things in you that aren't supposed to be in there because you've stopped sacrificing to me. You've stopped placing, laying things down. The history of sacrifice and thanksgiving is all throughout the scriptures. Psalms 116 and 17 tells us this, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. They, they go hand in hand. Thanks, sacrifice and thanksgiving. They go hand in hand. It's not because of what we're doing. It's because of what he already did. The sacrifice for us should be easy. I know it's hard because this flesh wants to fight against this, but sacrifices should be easy. They should be an opportunity because it's an understanding of as I go through this, God is so much greater than anything that I'm going through, and He's going to carry me along. Among the, the sacrifices of the Old Testament were offerings that were given when people wanted to thank God in a special way. We did a study on this about the different types of sacrifices and offerings not too long ago, and we talked about the thank offering. And the peace offering, they were, they were pretty much much of the same. The peace offering was the main, but then there was an offering of thanksgiving that was included under the peace offering. If you have time this afternoon and you've got a lot of energy, go ahead and read the book of Leviticus, Sayo, and just uh, let, it, let it not put you to a nap, because uh, that's how it happens sometimes. But we're presented, the, when, you, when they presented a thanks offering, they would, be, they would eat and celebrate. You remember that Bible study? They would gather together and celebrate. Matter of fact, the first Thanksgiving that was mentioned in the Bible was in a reference to sacrifice in Leviticus 22 and 29. When you bring a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly so it will be accepted. Sacrifice it properly so it will be accepted. Now I said it in the beginning, we no longer give animal or food sacrifice offerings to show a Thanksgiving. 
But it is interesting how we still carry on the tradition of thanksgiving. And in that offering, they would bring an offering for themselves, an offering of peace, an offering of thanksgiving, and that would blend out into then their family and friends. And now normally a sin offering sacrifice would be put on and it would be completely consumed. But this one wouldn't be. It would be put on the altar and it would be cooked to a good medium rare, if you would, or a medium, whatever you, however you liked your meat. And then it would be taken off and you would go to where the priest's quarters were and you would sit for the whole day or however long it was till you took to consume that whole offering. And you wouldn't gather by yourself. You'd bring your family, you'd bring your friends. Depending on the type of sacrifice, you didn't take home a doggy bag. You stayed there until the whole sacrifice was consumed. We still celebrate it today on Thanksgiving when we get together with families and friends. Don't we? We still put a big old meal in front of everybody and we all partake and we all take part of the fellowship. We all take part of the thankfulness of when we gather with family, of the thankful of the ages, of the years, of, of, of the love that's in the room. And it was the same tradition in the Old Testament. It's the same tradition that we still hold on to. Gathering together, the sacrifice would be used to host, like I said, family and friends. It sounds like modern day Thanksgiving, everyone's stuffed because you ate too much. Could you imagine going to an, uh, one of these in the Old Testament you had somewhere to be? but it was a really big meal. You ever go to one of those Thanksgivings? You just want to get the meal done because so you, you got another Thanksgiving to go to? And you just eat and eat. Oh, that's really good food. And then you just end up at the end. So this is what I'm talking about, sacrifice. I need to sacrifice my flesh more. But then you just eat to the point that you're stuffed. You ever been to a Thanksgiving where everybody's stuffed? It wasn't because the food was good. It's because the fellowship. That's, that's what Thanksgiving is about. It's, 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 not, it's not about something we put in us. It's about something we give out of us. It's because of the fellowship, because you wanted to stick around. You didn't want to get up and leave because there was so much love and appreciation in the room. That's what this Thanksgiving in the Old Testament was about. It was about a peace and a thankfulness of God in their lives, and everyone was there. The thought and the tradition of the meal together might be the same, but the abundant thankfulness is not. Our Thanksgiving has have changed over time. We talked, she talked last week about it being filled with football or being filled with shopping, or being filled with this or that. The abundance of thanksgiving has left the Christian home just as much as it's left the world. And it's left because we filled it with things. Yeah. It's, it was about the turkey. It was about the noodles. It was about the mashed potatoes. Right. But what true thanksgiving is, it's not about any of that. It's about the bubbling out from the inside of us. It's about just allowing God to have His presence in a room where there could just be a can of beans in the middle because that's all you can afford. But true thanksgiving because just the joy that we know who Christ is. Right, it's not about wealth. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the pocket. It's about knowing that no matter the station we're in, it's because God put us there. And if God put us there, He'll carry us through. And if God can carry us through, then what do we have to worry about? So true thanksgiving of sacrifice is about sacrificing what's in front of you and just understanding who put it all there. Enjoy what's in front of you, but remember who put it there. Enjoy what's in front of you, but remember the abundance of thankfulness. We've missed the understanding. The Old Testament is to display the lesson of Israel and God's love so that we can walk in the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The ingredient of sacrifice is to display that we have received from God the greatest gift, salvation. You show me any other gift and I'll show you salvation. It trumps it every time. You show me any other gift and I'll show you a life that was lost and has been redeemed to the Lord. And I'll say it trumps it every time. 
And to the church, we must display that sacrifice because we, when we display a sacrifice of thanksgiving, it only points to Jesus Christ. How can I get this world to see Christ? You know how? By displaying thankfulness for him, to Him. Display thankfulness. Don't tell them to come to your church. Don't tell them you want to give them a Bible study. Show them how grateful and thankful you are for what he's done in your life. Because when they start to see that, they'll start to say, i got to get me some of that. Thanksgiving, we say, taste my pie. Jesus says at Thanksgiving, say, taste and see how good the Lord is. And that's a bubbling from the inside of the thankfulness of what God has done in our lives. Amen. I get excited about it. I get pumped up for it. I love Thanksgiving. I love the football. I wasn't a huge noodle fan, but I like the noodles. I love the turkey. There's nothing better than the stuff. But when you get past the stuff, Thanksgiving's still there. And it goes with us every day. You ever take leftovers after Thanksgiving? There's nothing better than Thanksgiving leftovers. Well, guess what? There's not a leftover when it comes to Thanksgiving in our spiritual life when we sacrifice. Because every day it's fresh and it's new. Every day there's a new sacrifice on the altar. Every day there's a new sacrifice that we place before the Lord. You don't have to have people eat your leftover Thanksgiving. Because it's new. When it bubbles over and the Lord comes in, there's a new display. The church must display the sacrifice. Time and time again, the Old Testament displays this message of thanksgiving and sacrifice. In 2 Chronicles 33.16, Hezekiah restored the altar of the Lord and offered sacrifices of peace and thanksgiving before encouraging the people to serve God. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings on it. And he also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. I'm here today to encourage somebody. The holiday is is upon us. The holidays are upon us. You're going to go through it from now until January. And then in January, you're going to repent. And it's called a, a resolution. You're going to make resolutions to change how the last bit of your life was. Don't do it this year. Start it now. Start it now. I'm trying to be like Hezekiah. Clean up the altar. Put the fresh sacrifice on it. Turn to God. Change the way your attitudes are. Change the way your attitudes because this Thanksgiving is going to be so different than last Thanksgiving. You ever had a bad Thanksgiving? I can't say that I have because my parents are sitting here. (laughs) I know people that have had bad Thanksgivings. I ask them, what are you doing for the holidays? I don't want to talk about it. Because they've had bad Thanksgivings goes back to what I'm talking about at the beginning. People don't have family around. People are lonely. Nobody likes to be lonely at the holiday, and you're going around tearing about your joy and everything you did. It doesn't help them. So what I'm saying is Thanksgiving's not about the pie. It's about Jesus, because Jesus is for everybody. And when we talk about the thankfulness of Christ, when we talk about the thankfulness of the meaning of the true tradition of the day, a peace offering, a thankful offering, it changes. And now everybody's included. And nobody's left out. And that's the job of the church. And my job this morning is to make sure the altar is restored. Restore the altar. Restore the altar. Praise has a place. But the sacrifice has a place. And in order for there to be a sacrifice, the altar has to be restored. And that's why it's personal. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. Sometimes I've tried. It, It doesn't help. The sacrifice has to be personal. Because even though the corporate community church altar is reestablished, it's your personal altar that has to be established because the veil is torn. That's right. There's no need for a mediator or a moderator. There's no more need for a priest to walk into the holies of holies. The veil is torn. That's right. Christ is out. 
There's no need to go to a middle. You can go to Jesus right now yourself. The Holy Spirit is for all who would receive. And we have to make sure that our altars are put back together. David wrote about thanks giving in a relation to a sacrifice in Psalms 107.22. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. It all points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. It's not about the turkey. The food brings everybody. Yeah. Food brings people, but once you get them there, what are you going to do with them? What you're going to do with them is you're going to express thanksgiving. I'm so thankful to see you. I just saw you yesterday. I know, but I'm so thankful to see you today. Why? Because I'm so thankful in the Spirit of the Lord. I'm renewed daily in the presence of the Lord. And when I'm renewed, it just spills over saying, oh, I'm so thankful to see you. I haven't seen you since Thursday. But it means so much to me because the Lord means so much to me. Amen. It's an attitude. It's a lifestyle. And it's an understanding that it's not about the stuff on the table. Because when it becomes about the stuff on the table... Then it becomes about the stuff in our lives. I hate going to work. Now it's about stuff. My job's really good. I love going to work. It's about stuff. But Jesus never intended for it to be about stuff in our lives. He intended for it to be about the thankfulness yes, of just amen. knowing the Father. Right. Of just having that yes. relationship Hallelujah. with Him. Amen. amen. I'm getting excited today. I brought my preachy voice. <laughs> it's his... The sacrifice of thanksgiving we find in the Old Testament, people would make a vow. You ever heard of a vow? Anybody married? You make a vow in your marriage. What does that vow mean? It means everything. It means the world. Yeah. It's the circle. It's endless. It doesn't stop. Christ made a vow to us. When he went to Calvary, I'll never stop searching. I'll never stop seeking forever. His abundance is forever. I'll never let go. I'll never leave you. You know we stopped making vows in this world? It's just a contract now. It's just a contract. And I hate that it's that way, but that's what it is. We can't even trust. You You remember some of you older than I am. You used to shake on a deal. Shake my hand. just looks better. You used to shake on a deal. And there was a vow in that shape. There was a promise. When we talk about sacrifice, our sacrifice has to be the Old Testament way. It has to be the Lord's way, not the new way of thinking, not this new world thing. Well, I'll make a vow with you now, but if it gets hard, I'm bailing out later. That's what the world tells us to do. Thanksgiving isn't about that. Thanksgiving is about no matter what i got to walk through, God, I'm going to be thankful for it. No matter how hard it is, God, I'm going to be thankful for it because you pushed me through. You brought me through. You made a way. And that's how it was in the Old Testament. A vow was a promise a person kept. It was in, we find Jonah. We find Jonah in Jonah chapter 2 in the belly of a great fish. Jonah chapter 2, I don't have time to go through it all today, but Jonah chapter 2 is Jonah's prayer to God from inside the fish. You ever know anybody that prayed from inside a fish before? If you do, let me know, because I really love Jonah, and I would like to talk to them about the smell. I've got some interesting thoughts about how that whole thing played out in Jonah's favor. Uh, Jonah was in a place few people had ever been. I think I read recently that there was somebody that was swallowed by a whale, And he was spit out. He was kayaking, trying to get real close by. Anyway, but it's a place that it's in this place that Jonah realized that God had saved him. In the worst possible place that Jonah could be, 
He realized in that place that God had saved him and, and, and made it his destiny for him to be there. Right. Jonah was fleeing God's, God's, God's will. Jonah was going the opposite direction that God wanted him to go. He had time. If you read all ten verses of the story, Jonah was running from God and he was casting the sea to calm the storm to save other people. He was drowning and he was about dead. He felt like God. He was out of God's presence. But the Bible says that he looked one more time. That's, that's what this service is today. It's a reminder to look one more time. Oh, I'm thankful. No, no, no. You're not thankful enough. Right. I live a life of thanksgiving. You don't live a life of thanksgiving enough. Right. Well, how can it not be enough? Because God's not done. Right. If God was done, I would tell you that that's enough. But God's not done. So there always has to be a pressing. There always has to be a moving. There always has to be a deepening. And here Jonah was. He knew he had done wrong. He told him. They cast him over. He was drowning. And he looked, he thought he was out of God's presence. Nobody's out of God's presence. Nobody's far enough to be out of God's presence. When we gather around our Thanksgiving table, and there's a family member there that's not where they're supposed to be, they're not out of God's presence. That's right. All they need to do is look one more time. That's right. Our job in Thanksgiving is to get people to look one more time. And here Jonah was drowning, he was trapped, he seemed lost, but God snatched him from the jaws of, lo- uh, jaws of death. His life was slipping away, and Jonah stated he remembered the Lord. He remembered the Lord. Not, not the false gods, but he remembered the Lord. When he remembered the Lord, it doesn't, doesn't seem like he was in the place that he was supposed to be, but he remembered God. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, if I could paraphrase for Jonah, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for me, my soul yes. cries out. And that's what happened. His soul started to cry out from the belly of that great fish. Jonah was expressing that he was sinking into the great and the, the depth and that he was all lost and all seemed lost. And Jonah 2 and 9 is where I want to take us. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord above. Jonah, in the worst possible moment, said, you know what, God? I'm going to sacrifice to you. I'm going to sacrifice thanksgiving to you. God, I'm in a fish. I've got nothing to be thankful for. I stink. I smell horribly. Everything around me is starting to dissolve in the acid of the fish, God. I don't have much time left, God. But I remembered you in that moment. And in that moment, I was thankful. I was thankful that you ever looked and loved me in the first place. But I promise you, God, I'm going to sacrifice a thanksgiving right now. And I'm going to make a vow. And do you know what happened in the very next scripture in verse 10? The, the great fish spit him up. Do you know what happened in verse chapter 3? Jonah walked into the city and completed his vow that he made towards God. Do you know what happens in the church nowadays? We make vows. We go to bed making a vow only to get up in the morning to not do anything to the vow. We have handicapped ourselves. We have locked both hands behind our back. And we've said, oh, I want to be so thankful. You are on a Sunday morning. I am on a Sunday morning. We are when we gather together and it's easy. But we go make these vows like Jonah. God, if you could have, have you ever known somebody or been in a situation? God, if you could just get me out of this. If you could just get me out. I know people that make those statements. And God gets them out. And you know what they do? They don't change. They don't do anything different. 
But we make these vows all the time. And as Christians, when we make a vow, we should keep the vow. We should stick the vow. We should walk in the vow. And here was what Jonah was displaying. That our purpose and our sacrifice and thanksgiving are vows to God. Saying, God, every day I wake up, I'm going to give you thanks. Every day I lay my head down, I'm going to give you thanks. I don't know what your vow is. But there are sacrificial vows that God is waiting for this body to display. There are sacrificial ingredients that we need in our life on a daily basis to follow through with. We've made them before, but we never followed through with them. Jonah was spit out of the great fish in the very next verse. Why fulfill his vow? He went to Nineveh and he told them to repent. And it was one of the greatest revivals that the Bible has ever seen right next to the book of Acts. It was the whole city, the whole town repented and turned because it was a vow of sacrifice that Jonah made, a sacrifice is a promise of commitment. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle, not a day, and the ingredient of sacrifice is a vow. It's a commitment. It's a promise to make sure every day that we, we are striving to be Christ-like. I love to say Christ-like, but when was the last time I strived to be Christ-like? I'm a pretty good person. I do good things. It doesn't make me Christ-like. It still means I have flesh. The only way to get rid of this flesh is to sacrifice it. The only way to get rid of this flesh is to lay it down and let there be more spirit. It's why we need the Holy Spirit in our churches these days. Because it's the only thing that will fight against the flesh. It's the only thing that will keep the flesh at bay. It's the Spirit of God. It's the presence of God. And when there's dirt and muck and mire in my life because I've been laying my vows aside and I've been casting away my sacrifices, there is going to be no presence. And when there's no presence, there's no power. We need the power of the Spirit in this time. And in this hour, it's a sacrifice. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be called a sacrifice. <laughs> it would be called something else. But what, do you know what's easy when you sacrifice? Being thankful. Being thankful. I remember one time I fasted. I fasted more than that, but I remember one time I fasted. And I fasted for what I thought was a long time, and I'm not bragging about it. But I remember when the fast was over. And we got to eat. I'll use a family example. I remember one time we fasted as a family. And then we put these nachos on our table and we spread out aluminum foil. And we all gathered around the table. And we ate of these nachos. It was disgusting. We didn't use forks. We just used our hands. We were like pigs in a trough. But we were thankful to be able to eat. <laughs> we were thankful because we had made a sacrifice and it made that food a whole lot different. It gave that food a whole lot more meaning because it wasn't something that we provided. Yeah, God gave me the job to put the income, but it was something that God provided because there was a sacrifice that took place. When I fasted, there was a sacrifice in my life that took place and it was void of the blessings and the abundance, but it was leading me to a greater place of blessing and abundance. It left me with an understanding that if I lose all this in the presence of God, then I'm cast away. And then I'm lost. But when I sacrifice, there's so much more to his presence that we have not even tapped into yet. There is so much more to the king that we have not even tapped into yet. I'm sorry my voice is playing horse with me right now, but I need you to hear it. 
I need you to hear it. There are things that you know in your life. These are not new things. These are things that God has called you to sacrifice personally. And he's brought me up here like Hezekiah to remind you, clean off the altar. Now is the time. Clean it off. Get it ready. Get the vow established. The vow is a commitment. And once you make it, don't break it and press forward in it. And I promise you, when you walk in that, there's going to be a thanksgiving. There's going to be a blessing that's going to pour out of you like you've never seen or witnessed before a life of sacrifice is a life of thanksgiving sacrifice and thanksgiving are not limited to the old testament the old testament was just an example like i stated earlier that leads us to the cross paul makes a statement in romans 12 and 1 and i'm getting ready to close I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And I love how he ends it, which is your reasonable service. Oh, it's going above and beyond if I live my life as a sacrifice. No, it's reasonable. Oh, I'm really stepping out of the box if I sacrifice to God, make my life a living sacrifice. No, it's reasonable. Oh, I'm patting myself on the back because I fasted or I did a sacrifice. No, it's, it's reasonable. Oh, you mean when I sacrifice as a Christian, my living vessel that is not above and beyond, that that's not a maturity thing, that as I've lived for the Lord 30 years, no, it's reasonable. It's, it's reasonable because he hung on a tree for you. That's right. It's reasonable for three days he died in the tomb and he went and defeated hell, death, and the right. grave that's so right. that we don't have to fear it. Yeah. So that we don't have to be afraid of it. It's reasonable because he's going to prepare a place yeah. with mansions and streets of gold. So that when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise, if we're still here, we will be called up to meet him in the air. It's reasonable. It's a reasonable service to present this body as a living sacrifice. That seems hard, Paul. Well, Paul will just tell you it's reasonable. You can look in any, you can look in any different uh, interpretation of the scripture, the King James, the New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible. You can look in any, and it never says, well, it's big. No, it all says it's, it's reasonable. It's, it's reasonable. You shouldn't expect, you shouldn't, you shouldn't think you have achieved. It's just what should be done. You see, it's not, it's not unreasonable when we understand and we receive all that God has done for us. We don't offer animal sacrifices anymore, but a living sacrifice dedicated to God and the things of God. Why the body? Why, Paul? Why the body? Why not the big toe? If I can do the big toe, Paul, I'd be a whole lot more committed. Do you know why the body? Because the body is a clay vessel that holds the mind, the heart, and the soul. The body contains all of it. And Paul said we need the heart, the mind. The mind, the heart, and the soul committed to God. We need it given to God. And the only way to counteract that flesh is to give all of that to God through sacrifices of the living body, through sacrifices of the living vessel. You can't be a half a sacrifice. You can't be a half a sacrifice. That's why Paul called out the whole body and not individual parts. It's why the Holy Ghost and the operation of the Spirit is so vital in our lives. We cannot cast out the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because the more the Spirit flows, that means the more sacrifices are taking place. The more the Spirit moves, I can sacrifice as much as I want. Can I tell you that as the pastor of this church? I can sacrifice as much as I want, but if there's no sacrifice going on out there, you know where the word stops? Right there. Because there's nobody to receive it. 
The word never goes void. We say that all the time. And it will go find a place. But if there's no sacrificing out here, it's, if we're just a bunch of heathens and we're reading the word, it's not going to go anywhere. But when we start to sacrifice and we start to make our bodies a living vessel for Christ, things will begin to change. The atmosphere will begin to change. God will begin to move in our midst. Miracles and signs and wonders will not just be things we talk about, but it will be things we see because there will be an abundance of thanksgiving that will come out for just the smallest. Stand with me this morning. I came across this story and I want to close this with this. There was a man who had a bad habit and don't let it be any men in this room because it's, it's not going to end well for you. There was a man that had a bad habit of complaining at the food his wife cooked. I'm not making eye contact with anybody. She would set the food on the table and he would under his breath complain. Not this again. That smells burnt. Where did she come up with this concoction at? Immediately... Immediately after each complaint session, he would say a prayer to bless the food. Now get the picture with me. Oh, not this again. Lord, bless this food. Bless the hands that prepared it. You follow me the picture? Immediately after each complaint, he would pray. It was such a bad habit, he would do it at every meal. One day his daughter asked, Dad, does God hear us when we pray? Why, of course, he hears every time we pray. He was excited because his daughter was engaging in a spiritual conversation with him. He thought it was leading to somewhere that it, he, he wasn't expecting it to go. She paused and asked, does God hear everything we say the rest of the time also? Yes, dear, every word. And he's getting excited. He's like, oh, yeah, she's getting that relationship with the Lord. And her dad replied, he was encouraged that he had inspired his daughter to talk to God and become engaged in their relationship with the Lord. And just when he was about to take a bite, she asked him one more question. If God hears your prayers and your complaints, which one does he believe? Which one does he believe? You see, we can be thankful. We can praise. That's why praise isn't the only ingredients of thankfulness, because praise can come out of our mouth. And at the same point, it comes out of our mouth. James talks about the tongue. At the same time, it's coming out of our mouth. Complaints can also be coming out of the other side of our mouth. It's why sacrifice it's why sacrifice has to be a vital ingredient of thanksgiving. Because we have to lay down this vessel every day so that things don't creep in, so that we become double-minded, so that this world sees a double-minded individual. God wants the world just to see a church that is so thankful to know His presence. A church that is so honored just to the opportunity to be in His presence. Not a church that says, thank you, Lord. Oh, I couldn't believe how long you preached today. Yeah, right. But God is setting us up. God is setting us up. A lot of times we talk about the word sacrifice. We think it's something different. That's not what it is today. You're going to have to move past my voice. and You're going to have to get into the word today. God is calling us deeper in this time. God is calling us deeper in this hour. Every day I'm going to press in the good and the bad and in doing so sacrifice something of me for others the way Christ sacrificed for me. When we add the ingredients of sacrifice, thanksgiving will not be limited to a day, but it will be every day. I wonder if we could step out of our seats and I wonder if we could find somebody to pray with this morning. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be a sacrifice in your flesh. 
It's uncomfortable to go pray with somebody because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know if they need it. But what we need to do is we need to act out and we need to respond in a time of sacrifice. And we need to pray for one another. If you don't know what to pray, just pray prayer of thanksgiving over your life, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes. Thank you.